The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. I am so happy to have you here today. Today, we have two shows. So the first uh, segment, I'm going to be your host, and then we're going to bring on my guest on segment two at the bottom of the hour. So um, if you happen to have missed our show from a special edition show, I might add, from Monday, two days ago, uh, we were talking with my guest, Rob Adams, and he, um, the, the name of the show was called Call to Arms, and uh, he was calling us from the SHOT Show convention in Las Vegas, the, uh, the gun trade show in Las Vegas. So that's, uh, many of you are still at the gun show all this week, and if you've missed it, I recommend that you make sure that you catch it because it was a really juicy show. All right, if you want to find out how to listen to previous shows, super easy, just Google TuneIn app forward slash Linda Gross, TuneIn app forward forward slash Linda Gross, and you will find this and any and all shows uh, at your your, uh, ready, at your disposal. All right, so um, if you haven't done so already, please make sure that you sign on to my Facebook fan page, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Um, on that fan page, once a week, you'll be getting updates about what the topics are, who the guests are, and any and all links that we're talking about on the show. I usually go back and insert those links so you don't have to do any work. You can just go back to your computer or your uh, smartphone and click click on the links um, to get the information that you need. So let's get into our show right now. Today's show is from the chilling documentary. We're going to talk about the eradication of men, how they are systematically poisoning your food and your mind to render you obsolete. I will be posting this uh, video at the end of the show so you can look for it later. But uh, one of my uh, listeners sent this to me. His name is Kevin. I want to thank Kevin um, for uh, suggesting this topic. And you also can suggest uh, topics. Again, go to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross, the fan page. And on the... You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Do you have a business or are you thinking about starting one? Do you have contracts, leases, and other documents that need legal review to ensure you are protected? If so, contact the law offices of Michael W. Brown for assistance. With over 20 years experience advising clients on business matters, they provide practical legal advice to help you succeed. Their goal is to give the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Visit mwb-law.net or call 949 949- 
949-636-8128. That's the Law Offices of Michael W. Brown, 949-636-8128. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. What's your life like right now? Do you ever wish it could change? I have news for you. It can. Blue Dragon University has easy-to-use digital blueprints that lead to instant results. Improve your weight loss goals, intelligence, career, and relationships quickly. Our simple proven techniques at Blue Dragon University will cognitively help you perform better. Blue Dragon has the key. Check us out at BlueDragonENT.com. That's BlueDragonENT.com. Let's boost your life today. Hi guys, you've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and if you want to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men.
Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Um, I want to thank my listener, Kevin, for subject- suggesting this topic. You, too, can recommend topics either at my Facebook fan page or my website, themensadvocate.com, themensadvocate.com, and click that box that says Suggest a Topic. All right, so let's get right to it. Um, this chilling documentary, I'm going to post the video a little bit later in the program, uh, after the show, I mean, and uh, we're going to talk today about how the powers that be are systematically poisoning the male mind and also poisoning the male body. So let me give you a couple of thoughts on the mind. Um, every day you hear how the media, how in the media, how you are stupid, you're animals, idiots, buffoons, gorillas, and otherwise worthless to society and to women. Um, we, you also hear that male attributes like being good at math, science, politics, brute strength, uh, being logical and rational are not traits that are desirable. In fact, to tep- take it a step further, these male attributes should be diminished and then eliminated. Hmm. They tell you that female attributes are desirable, that it's okay to cry and to be sensitive, yet whenever you try to do those two things, women put you on blast. So you can't win either way. They tell you that popular actors like Seth Rogen, Shia LaBeouf, and Bradley Cooper are the new norm. Um, Thank goodness there are a few producers out there um, who know better. They have to look overseas to find strong male role models like Liam Hemsworth, uh, Jason uh, Statham, Christian Bale, and Henry Cavill. All right? So... It's pretty crazy what's going on <laughs> with all this brainwashing. One music music industry expert told me that you have to exude non-sexuality to be accepted in the public. Um, you have to guess, is he gay or is he not? Follow the lead of Michael Jackson and Justin Bieber because that way you are not threatening to women. Pretty interesting stuff, huh? All right, so with regard to poisoning the male body, it seems like at every sporting event, and you guys know that you love your sports, um, they tell you to drink beer. Hops are a hormone disruptor. They disrupt, they disrupt your es- estrogen in your system. Maybe you had better switch to the clear stuff because those don't have hops in them and are not subject to disruptors. Maybe you're wondering why you don't get hard in the morning anymore or that you're starting to grow man boobs. Beer might be your culprit. Beer was a reliable, clean source of fluids to drink back in the day several hundreds of years ago because water was not safe to drink. You might get dysentery from drinking water. So, uh, you know, beer came along and it was a safe alternative that you would not get sick from drinking beer. Um, the monks needed to have their libidos lowered as it was lonely in those monasteries and because it was their vow to not be sexually active. So who do you think invented beer? Those uh, brilliant monks over there. The documentary states that there aren't as many males today, not humans, not frogs, nor fish, that the entire population across species of males is diminishing. From toys to shampoo, males are being hit the hardest with chemicals in our products. These products are hormone disruptors. They leach from the toy and they are ingested into the male boy's system. These chemicals are everywhere. I recently learned that paper receipts at the store have these chemicals. I mean, what exactly is a person supposed to do? Are you supposed to wear gloves to receive the receipt from uh, the cashier? Really? Oof. Sperm counts worldwide have been cut in half in the last 50 years. And of the sperm that are there, 80, uh, 85% of it is abnormal. It's leading to problems such as uh, infertility and a whole host of other problems. 
It used to be, per my observation, in the 80s that men would lose their mojo after age 60. Now, uh, the age is 40 and declining. Viagra is the byproduct that is sorely needed by many men today to take the place of what should come naturally. I interviewed men over 60 in Europe three years ago, and they told me they don't need any such blue pill. Of all the men I talked to, they said, of all the men that were over 60 that I talked to, they said they had sex several times a week. In fact, if their wives couldn't give them what they wanted, they would go outside the marriage to get what, what they wanted and keep up with the demand. Sperm abnormalities and rates of male infertility have radically increased. Rates of testicular cancer have doubled in the last 20 years. In the last 60 years, the chemical industry has developed more than 90,000 chemicals, uh, most of which have not been tested for their effect on humans before being released. It's like being on the Titanic. We see the iceberg, but we just can't turn the ship. These chemicals are in virtually every consumer product. Um, bisphenol A uh, make plastic hard, like water bottles. So do your best to not buy those plastic refillable water bottles. You'll have to look on the shelves, look at the packaging for, its, for when it says uh, um, bisphenol A free, that it doesn't have this ingredient. Or you can buy um, the metal ones or the glass ones, and those don't transmit uh, any of the disruptors. Um, there's another chemical called phthalates, which make plastic soft like toy ducks. Um, phthalates are in three-fourths of all consumer products. So, like I was saying earlier with the gloves, it's just so random. In fact, I recently learned that um, my liquid hand soap, uh, you know, when I'm in the, in the washroom or in the uh, kitchen and I'm wanting to wash my hands, it also has these harmful chemicals. So, I have now switched to buying natural-made hand soap from, natural-made hand soap from, um, oops, one second here. guys want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less linda gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men tackle relationship issues business goals conflict resolution and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back realize the benefits now go to the men's advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way that's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Law Offices of Michael W. Brown gives the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Save this number now, 949-636-8128. That's the Law Offices of Michael W. Brown, 949-636-8128. What's your life like right now? Do you ever wish it could change? I have news for you. It can. Blue Dragon University has easy-to-use digital blueprints that lead to instant results. Improve your weight loss goals, intelligence, career, and relationships quickly. Our simple proven techniques at Blue Dragon University will cognitively help you perform better. Blue Dragon has the key. Check us out at BlueDragonENT.com. That's BlueDragonENT.com. Let's boost your life 
today. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Thanks for tuning in to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. having a couple of technical issues here um okay so i'm trying to regroup as to where we were so why are aren't some of these statistics being publicized and it's my opinion that there are 20 men at the top and they control the world and you have to be sharper than they they are you have to um you know, I don't know if you have to live off your own land. I don't know if you have to grow your own uh, fruits and vegetables and herbs. But you have to be proactive with regard to these chemicals and plastics that are being in- ingested that are systematically putting you at risk, putting men at risk primarily. I mean, yes, it's affecting all of us, but um, it is actually for the depopulization of men because men naturally have testosterone, they naturally have aggression, they naturally have brute force through their muscles, and the people at the top, they don't want that because you're harder to control. So it's easier if we... Um, you know, systematically eradicate you. You know, maybe, I don't know where this is all going. Maybe, you know, there's going to be sperm banks in the future and it's, the population is going to be 90% women and 10% men and the women will just go, I guess, to a sperm bank in order to, uh, you know, get fertilized. So um, just start reading labels. I was uh, telling you with regard to, you know, even something like liquid soap. I have liquid soap in the kitchen. I had to throw that out because apparently that, that has these chemicals as well. Now I'm buying liquid soap that is handmade um, at the farmer's market from a lady that I use at the farmer's market. My hard soap to take a bath and the liquid soap in the kitchen. I mean, that's what I'm doing. Um, the hormone-free uh, products, even that's not even, I'm sorry, back that up. The organic products, even that's not safe. So upon further investigation, a lot of products say they're organic and they're really full of baloney. Uh, what you want to do is you want to make sure, read up on the companies, read up on the, uh, on the literature. You want to make sure that they are certified organic. A lot of these companies stamp, you know, their eggs and it says, bam, you know, we're organic. And it turns out that that's not the case at all. They aren't. So out of um, probably 20 different eggs I looked into, there was only one out of 20 that were marked, that were certified. Okay, so the 19 other ones, I don't even know how they are allowed to have the word organic on their label when they are not. So, you know, that's that's my um, advice to you is to... You know, just be very aware of what you're putting uh, in your mind and in your body and just ask yourself the bigger question, um, why am I here and why are these 20 bad guys here? You know, it's like uh, you really just have to be vigilant. You know, I, I could say do something simple like write your congressman or congresswoman on this kind of stuff, but that's not going to help. They're all part of the same <laughs> routine as well. So it's almost as if the citizens will have to take back our country ourselves because we really can't rely on our government to protect us. Um, over the last 60 years, 
uh, with the introduction of the chemical industry, they have developed more than 90,000 chemicals, most of which have not been tested for their effect on humans before being released. So, you know, we have all these agencies like the FDA and all these governmental agencies that are supposed to protect citizens, and not only are they falling down on the job, I, I assume that they're being told otherwise by the people who are controlling the strings at the top. So just be aware. All right, so now we are going to switch gears completely from this topic. Um, I have on my second guest, and his name is Kevin Glynn. And he has written, he's a retired naval officer, he's a teacher and a writer whose book, Tyrannosaurus Rex, is a novel novel about how we've gone from the sexual revolution uh, to the sexual crisis. He's married with three children and lives in Los Angeles. Welcome, Kevin. Unmute. Welcome, Kevin, to the show. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm right here, Linda. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, listen, uh, <clears throat> before, just want to make a, a brief correction. The uh, the name of the novel is Tyrannosaurus Sex, I not Rex. So uh, <laughs> that uh, ho hopefully will goose things up a bit. Thank you so much. That's, that's my error, and I apologize for that. I should know better. Uh, it was a dyslexic typo, I guess. Um, I will have uh, Kevin's uh, book up on my Facebook fan page uh, after the show. In fact, it, I think it might already be there, but I'll post it again after the show. Um, so please look for that. So Kevin's book is a coming-of-age book that explores the 70s sexual revolution from the vantage point of a f college freshman hoping to answer the Jimi Hendrix question, Are You Experienced? And the answer comes back with a resounding yes. For much of the book, the reader tags along as Jack Kelly, the protagonist, encounters the standard college escapades of road trips, frat parties, romance, heartbreak, and drugs in the psychedelic era. The closing chapters shift to the darker side of the 70s where rape, substance abuse, and death are all part of the equation. Readers who went to college during the freewheeling 70s will be especially drawn to his debut novel. It's a bit of Fifty Shades of Grey, but from the male perspective. It's probably the only novel where the reader will find paleontology, philosophy, and a realistic picture of college life all in the same chapter. Wow, that's quite, a, quite an adventure you're taking us on. So tell us, Kevin, um, what made you want to write this book? Well, the, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a kid who grew up in New York City. And uh, when I went off to college in upstate New York, which was a, a, a big shift there, going from a city kid going to uh, an upstate college, sort of central New York, sort of a, in, really sort of in the middle of nowhere, um, my freshman year experience was the school that I went to, uh, Colgate University in upstate, it was, my class was the, uh, the first time they had just made the shift from going to being an all-male school to being a co-educational school. So it was sort of a kind of a, a vast cultural experiment. You had uh, a school that for 150 years was very, very masculine, you know, completely geared towards uh, the male experience, mostly almost all-male professors, administration, um, sports, everything geared towards the male. And then as an 18-year-old, let's say in a, about one-third of my class were female. And uh, it was a big culture shock to the, the school. It was a big culture shock to, I'm sure, to the girls because they, they had to encounter, let's say, upperclassmen who had been, you know, three years of the college experience not being around women. And um, so I, I think it was, uh, the experience was probably a kind of a, exaggerated or, or accentuated in a lot of strange, weird things that uh, sort of made me think. And um, then sort of, uh, you know, over the years, we, as, they, as they say, upon reflection and, and what had happened, sort of like the, the great arc of experience, I wanted to go back there and try to sort of make sense of 
where we are right now, looking at its origins and where we were back then. So um, uh, a lot of those experiences were stuck in my mind, and uh, the, the novel is uh, looking at uh, maybe semi-autobiographical, but I was also trying to incorporate a lot of the, the people that I knew and their experiences into sort of like a, uh, an overall panorama. And this did this uh, co-ed transition happen um, when you were a freshman or in later years? Oh, it was it was the freshman year. The oh. uh, f- freshman year, we uh, the um, everybody was you know, taken aside. The girls had to be um, the girls were kind of like uh, sort of sequ- I won't say sequestered. Uh, they they had to be sort of like insulated from the the very very male culture. There, it was a, a Greek life fraternity. There was a lot of fraternities. There were no sororities. Uh, I sort of very, um, the, the issue of co-education, that was something new to the school. And because of the times, the, uh, the, the, the notion of in loco parentis, where the, um, the, legally the school was to act in place of the parents, like a parental rule, because of various, I think probably because of the 18-year-old vote and the, uh, the cessation of the draft in Vietnam, that the idea that... Uh, 18-year-olds were, were adults, and you had to treat them like adults. And so it was kind of like, it was sort of a bit of a free-for-all. Uh, the, you know, sort of the administration, kind of a hands-off approach to everything. And they're adults now, so let them act like adults. Right. And I, I hear that you're going to be making a three-part series of this book. So this is book one. Is that right? That's correct. What I'd like to do is that uh, this, um, this particular volume... Um, uh, it sort of examines the 70s. Uh, I'd like to do another volume examining the issues of the 1980s, and I think the, the major issues of the 1980s was, and especially sort of using the, the dinosaur, the Tyrannosaurus uh, metaphor, is that uh, you um, that this particular type of ecosystem or environment kind of flourished in the 1980s until the great meteor or asteroid sort of shows up on the horizon. I think that was the the AIDS uh, the AIDS epidemic. And, of course, you had this sort of uh, reaction to the shenanigans of the 70s and the 60s and the Reagan revolution and the, you know, new we- the new wave of conservatism. And then, of course, I think what I'd like to do is a, sort of a third volume that I would uh, look at the, uh, the 90s. And um, the, uh, I-, I think the whole thing would come to an end with uh, the end of the Clinton presidency. If you sort of remember the Clinton presidency, it was sort of an obsession with, you know, the, the president of the United States, you know, who, who he was chasing around the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I think the whole spectacle comes to a very, very serious end with 9-11, uh, where I think uh, that, that world has ended, that, that, that 20th century world. We're into it's like un, unexplored territory right now. So then is your trilogy, are you skipping uh, the decade of the 2000s? Yeah, I think, um, well, I suppose sort of keeping with the metaphor, if you think about the, the age of the dinosaurs and, and, uh, and, and why, I suppose, dinosaurs, I suppose almost all, I, I had uh, children and I just remember my own son as the, that, that generational thing. I think all young boys, all young males are sort of absolutely fascinated with uh, dinosaurs as children. And as we get older, I think we all become sort of fascinated with sex. So I thought, why not combine the two? Um, and if you think about the paleontology, um, the, the age of the dinosaurs was the, the Mesozoic era. There were three periods in the Mesozoic era. There was the Triassic, Jurassic, Jurassic and Cretaceous. So there were, three, there were three distinct periods. So I think the three distinct periods are 70s, 80s, and 90s. And then I'd just like to end it with a big boom, uh, I suppose, with uh, 2001, the end of, the, the end of that uh, ancient civilization. Wow, that's a good parallel to have, and it's a good way to draw in the, the male reader, because what male reader is not interested in, in the dinosaurs? Yeah, if you look at the cover of the, uh, if you look at the, cover of the, the book, uh, the, uh, the cover has a, a gigantic, very menacing-looking uh, Tyrannosaurus, and then in silhouette you have this uh, beautiful young mini-skirted female sort of sicking him on uh, a, a male running away to what either looks like a church or uh, some sort of academic building. So I suppose the tables, if you sort of want to think about it in, in, a, in my lifetime, 
um, maybe the tables have been turned. What's sort of good for the goose is good for the gander. And uh, here we are now in 2016, and some people say that uh, women have been ascendant uh, the last 20 years and that uh, the, the men are sort of like maybe kind of on the run. That's exactly true. I was talking a little bit about that uh, in the segment prior to you, but uh, absolutely, um, and not in a good way. I mean, it's really not benefiting women by having it the way that it is right now. This denigration and feminization of men, I don't think, is really serving, <laughs> serving women in the least. No, I mean, if you really sort of think that very, very old battle of the sexes, um, you could probably say that over historical times, men have had been have been dominant and um, I think I think this particular generation my generation I was born in 1954 wow if you really sort of think about it you know Playboy came out I believe in 53 54 the pill was invented uh, sometime in the mid 50s the um, uh, Brown versus Board of Education decision integration segregation um, all these various revolution, gay rights, women's rights, the, the uh, rise of feminism. Um, it's been quite a roller coaster ride. And uh, now that I might have some chance to sort of think back what was sort of going on, this is like I say, I'm trying to make sense of it all. Right. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You're on with my guest, Kevin Glynn. He has written a novel called Tyrannosaurus Sex, and you can find the link on my Facebook fan page, The Men's Advocate uh, Show fan page. Um, If you're wanting to ask a question or leave a comment uh, with us, you can talk to my my guest, Kevin, and call us at 951-922-922. 3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. You can also use our Skype feature and do a Skype call. And my handle is Linda Gross 1490. Linda Gross 1490. It's the same uh, call letters as the radio station. All right, so let's get back to um, our uh, our guest here, Kevin. Um, you were you were saying uh, that Jack doesn't get the girl in the end so why not well I was just thinking in in terms of I I suppose like your standard literature or movie or you know boy meets girl boy loses girl boy gets back girl again which is a wonderful fairy tale but in reality and I think maybe that's where things shifted in the 60s and 70s that the the old classic romantic notions um, in literature, we were happy endings. It was not necessarily uh, true, um, starting in the the sixties and the seventies, because uh, you know, I the the female in the story, a Robin, she is a young woman who is also kind of discovering her own strengths, um, and life is not a fairy tale. Um, you don't always get the girl, and the girls don't always get the guy, the, the guy or their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what sort of happened uh, probably during the early points of the sexual revolution is, is that there was so many cultural pressures or psychological pressures put on people, uh, especially young people at the time, that you so, somehow thought that you were sort of uh, not part of the trend or not part of the game if you were not. You know, if you weren't playing, you, you could not really sort of sit on the bench. You had to be out there in the field. Uh, I, I think that was in great contrast to probably the previous generation, if you think about, uh, and let's say like the greatest generation, those people from the Depression and World War II, I think they had more of a romantic notion. I mean, if you did see males undergoing stress, you could sort of think it's, it's a wonderful life. You know, there's Jimmy Stewart getting Donna Reed at the end, and everybody lives happily ever after. Uh, I don't think that necessarily happened uh, during the time of the sexual revolution. I think, I think, I think um, romance, to a certain degree, went out the window, um, and I think that procreation sort of became recreation. Um, and I think, to a certain degree, we're sort of seeing some of the collateral damage uh, in this current generation. You know, the the. I think it became recreation with the advent of the invention of the, and dissemination of the pill. 
I mean, yes, it was invented in the 50s, but it didn't become really mainstream until the early 70s, which is around the same sexual revolution time. So when women could decide, you know, when they had control over their bodies and to, they were able to delay pregnancy and maybe, you know, get an education or, or enter the workforce, um, then it just sort of, you're, you're right, it just sort of became, you know, an episode of recreation. Yeah, and, and whether you could say that the, whether women became masculinized or the men became feminized because the, the, the playing field, the level of the playing field was the, the, the terrain anyway, so it was whether it was leveled or it was just altered, um, so that um, if you think that over millennia that uh, sex was sort of dangerous for women, you know, they had a couple of alternatives, you, you maybe could have children, or maybe you died in childbirth, there was a lot of risk associated with sex. Um, and a lot of those monsters were kind of tamed or cured, you know, venereal diseases, they, they sort of found cures for syphilis, gonorrhea, uh, birth control, uh, medical procedures. So the, the monster that was sex, that had loomed in our culture for a very, very long time, was sort of like a, you know, sort of a, a collar and a leash put on it. Um, and, and, I and I think, think I think it was also women, further diminished. The scariness of it it was also further diminished because hey, we were in an era of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So the drugs, you know, lowered our inhibitions. So it was just you know, entrance yeah. easier because of the drugs. Well, look at Bill Cosby. Um, you know, <laughs> That's Bill Cosby, taking it uh, to the other extreme. Well, I, yes. I, 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 yeah, I. I have a chapter in Tyrannosaurus Sex where um, exactly that happens. There's a, uh, there is a predatory male, and what he does is that he invites, uh, invites the female protagonist, Robin, up to his apartment, and uh, he, he intends to seduce her. She, she's a little res- resistant, and lo and behold, he, puts a, he slips a quaalude into her wine. And uh, when I first wrote that, people were a little bit skeptical. You said, you're kidding. But that particular practice uh, was, was common, pretty, well, I'll say common. But it did happen, 60s and 70s. And uh, so it was a little, you know, a little prescient, I thought, on my behalf. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the issue of drugs kind of encouraging or rock and roll encouraging, uh, the, the, the danger signals were, had gone from red just simply maybe at most to yellow. Right, right. Do you think that there's a sexual crisis either today or in your book that's reflected in your book? And if so, what is that? Well, I, I think that um, the, the, the antagonist is the, in the book is uh, the dean of students. Uh, he's a Dr. Dr. Barron. Dr. Barron is a man probably eh, mid-40s, pushing 50s. Uh, his problem is, um, I suppose he's undergoing what we would call a, a midlife crisis. And the issue of that, uh, he'd been married a long time, he's bored, um, he, and he's, but he's also... Oops, are you there? I suppose that's the comic element in, in the book, is that uh, he's a dean of students, never had to deal with women. Yeah, I'm here, can you hear me? Yes. Still here, Linda. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has to. Yeah, he has to deal. He has to deal with the temptations he never had to deal with women before, and now he has all these uh, beautiful young women knocking on his door asking for for advice, and he really doesn't know what to say. Uh, he's he's at a complete loss for things, so he sort of goes on to his own misadventures. I think. Um, I think that maybe you watch the evening news, and uh, you watch the news, and everything uh, in the evening news are all these pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals. We, we still have a tendency to want to medicate ourselves out of problems. And I think because the baby boomers are, are now sort of entering retirement age, um, this issue of self-medication, which they did when they were young, they're probably continuing to continue the, the same habits they did, but just with different drugs. Uh, and I think they're probably... It might be some kind of reckoning in the future, but um, but also the the issue of uh, I think men have had to for the most part I think they gracefully although sometimes grudgingly yielded the ground to women 
and I think it's great that women are sort of coming up to the, the plate and taking their swings with the, the with the bat. But uh, that's where I still think that um, the men there might, still might be some resentment. There still might be some sort of backlash, and that's where I think maybe somebody like Donald Trump is coming along. There's a lot of backlash there. So you think um, w- women are trying to get even with uh, Donald Trump or settle the score, so to speak? Tell us a little bit about how Donald Trump relates to your book. Well, I think uh, the the I think that Donald Trump was kind of like the great white male rather than the great white whale of like Moby Dick or Her- uh, Herman Melville. I think uh, Tyrannus. I think like Tyrannosaurus Sex, the great the great myth of male masculinity, the the great monster that men have sort of like had for uh, you know millennia. Um, whether Trump sort of symbolizes that for for a certain generation, or maybe you could say cultural Marxists, or for the left or the feminist, um, I think that uh, he he might be he might if you look at his support. His support is sort of coming from that silent, as they say, the silent majority. Whether the silent majority of the last uh, the last number of years have been sort of men who sort of sat on the sat on the sidelines while while their wives and their daughters took over, maybe that's where his support is. Hmm. What do you think about uh-huh. his recent? How, how that might? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, maybe with with let's say with Sarah Palin. Yes. So the recent endorsement pres- by Sarah Palin. Right, and vice yeah. versa. Uh, he said that he would um, select her to be vice president. Oh, I think that'd be, uh, I, I think that'd be great political theater. If you think of the function <laughs> of the presidency, I mean, think, I mean, first think off, of the I fun we would have on Saturday Night Live. Oh my gosh! You know, it's well, the Saturday Night comment kind of is what did her in, and it wasn't even her comment. It was Tina Fey's comment, her characterization of Sarah Palin, who said, I can see, you know, Alaska from my house. That wasn't even Sarah Palin's actual comment. So, yes, it would be <laughs> it would be quite uh, strange if if that were to occur. I think it, it, I think it cost her the election. You know, it cost yeah, McCain the well, election, so I can't even really believe that a presidential candidate today, knowing what they know, knowing the history of eight years ago, that they would enter these, you know, these choppy waters again. And she's not yeah. speaking any better than she was eight years ago. She's still making all kinds of blunders and missteps and what have you. So I, I, don't, I don't understand how that's going to help any presidency, let alone him. Unless they well, want to just throw, the, unless they want to just throw the race to to uh, uh, Clinton. Well, it, it might be that might be the the game there. But I just saw in the paper the other day where Sarah Palin had just uh, had just sold her estate in Palm Springs or Palm Desert for something like ten million dollars. So, you know, she she may be an ex beauty queen from Alaska, but she sure is a smart businesswoman. Hmm. So she's ready to move to D.C., huh? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think she's like I think she's clearing the boards. And also, the presidency is really kind of more like a, a symbolic thing. I mean, so we, we've gotten through the thing. We've elected a black, we black, a black African American president. And so, whether or not we now have to do the symbolic thing, and we have to elect a, a, a female president, um, or in the case of Hillary and the Democrats, the Democratic uh, race. It might be the time to, you know, elect the first Jewish president. That's Bernie Sanders. So I don't know which symbolism is going to fit in there more. Whether we, you know, the the woman, the uh, the, the the Jewish American, the, the the black African American, the the Alaskan American, or whether you have a uh, maybe, maybe an, an ethnic group who's represented presidency. Yeah, or maybe women aren't quite rep- ready for the uh, presidency, but they sure are ready for the vice presidency. So be very, very interesting. It's going to be a fun year. Yeah, I mean, eight years ago they took a poll back then, and they said that the general population would rather vote for a black president or an ethnic president than a female. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there are... I'm not sure I think- it's- 
I think there are a lot of great uh, female candidates. Um, some reason or another, they're just not running. I mean, they, they might be governors of their states or they might be senators themselves. There, there are, you know, the gene pool is there. I mean, there are, there are good female candidates. Why they're not running, I'm not quite sure. Well, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, people really want to get into the, you know, it's like a shooting gallery. If you get, uh, you know, having your whole life curry combed over and, and the pundit is taking a shot at you. And, you know, Trump, uh, he's got a very, very thick skin. He's from Queens. I think he can take, he's like, he's like a crocodile. Uh, some of these other people might be just a little bit too vulnerable and uh, thin-skinned. Trump grew up in the rough and tumble of uh, New York City real estate and local politics. So, you know, as, as, as Harry Truman said, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. So let's uh, take a quick little uh, um, sidestep here. I just wanted to tell all my listeners that we're back on regular schedule every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Next Wednesday's show, we're going to be talking about the road, the road to male extinction with my guest, Travis Glaster. That's the road to male extinction with guest Travis Glaster. You won't want to miss that one. And if you have show ideas, please write to my Facebook fan page. Same name as the show. That's the the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Um, what else do I? Whatever the business do I have? Use my uh, Amazon link to do your uh, purchases. There's no charge to you. Um, and uh, no book purchases required, and you can get all your shopping done, including uh, my guest Kevin's book today, if you'd like. Um, from this page, just start with my link, and we get credit here at the show. So, uh, Kevin, I wanted to um, thank you for joining us today. You had a very interesting. Uh, you have a very interesting book, and I hope my listeners will check it out and and buy your book. Uh, it's only four ninety nine on Kindle, Kindle, and I believe you also have a hard copy as well, right? A paperback. Yes, I do. Okay, awesome. Yes, Linda's been a pl- pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Kevin. We'll see you next time. Take care now. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye now. All right, everybody. So I will be uh, posting. The uh, documentary that we had that I was talking about at the top of the hour, I'll post that on my Facebook fan page. I'm really looking to hear what your comments uh, and questions about the documentary are. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an area that I'm very passionate about, and we will surely be having this topic uh, threaded through future, uh, future uh, programs uh, as you will. All righty. So I'm going to see you next week. That's Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Thank, thank you and take care from the Men's Advocate Show. You're listening to 1490 AM KMET, Banning, Beaumont, Redlands, and Palm Springs. From ABC News, I'm Richard Cantu. Republican efforts to stop Syrian refugees from coming to the U.S. have been stymied by Senate Democrats. ABC's Kenneth Moten with the story from Washington. The vote, 55 to 43. Senate Republicans fell short of the 60 votes needed to move ahead on a bill that would halt the Syrian and Iraqi refugee programs and provide tougher screening. In November, the House passed the controversial legislation in response to the Paris terrorist attacks. 